Moshi, hello. And welcome to a bonus episode of From, From the, the Lower, lower level. level. We are going to be talking all things episode of uh, Reunion Part 2, I should say, for the ladies of Salt Lake City. And I'm still actually processing the whole reunion because I think we just got so much tea, specifically with the feud between Lisa and Heather and particularly with one Mary M. Cosby. Like, it was all mentioned, Patrizio. I um, I traditionally don't watch these episodes more than once because I just don't have the time or the will, but I had to watch this a second time because I was just like, there was way too much to have to process and digest and like had to hear it again um i i took notes usually my notes uh i feel like a bit more organized but it was just sort of like i was just writing down everything that was just coming out because it was just like it was just like a constant stream of like new information that was being provided in this reunion um it was a tornado it was a whirlwind like I like my neck almost snapped because I was like I was my I was just I think there were moments where I was watching it and I had to pause it and then I would message you because I was like I can't breathe right now oh my god I was just laughing so hard or I was just in so much shock it took the wind out of me out of my sail well, Moshi, let's mention it all. Um, I think the thing that we both can agree on here was that this second part of the reunion was the Mary M. Cosby show. 100%. Continued, just starting. I don't even know. I feel like I didn't know Mary before this part of the reunion. (laughs) The amount of new information I have received, the 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 conclusions that were drawn, the explanations for behaviors, for for things that we've heard on the show, off the show, it just everything. Like I I just want to sort of say though, there are things that I heard about Miriam Cosby that made me not like the uh, uh, things that I traditionally would not like in someone, you know, things that I was just like, oh, that's not good. That's not great. But why I'm just, I just want to say that I'm still on the Miriam Cosby train is because these housewives love to talk about owning their shit. You know, it's, it's something that they, that they're always saying, own it, own it. I own it. And I just want to say that for the first time in Housewives history, someone has actually owned it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think that Mary owns it. And I don't think it like, I don't don't even know how to explain it. I just think we were prepared. We were not prepared for somebody to own their flaws and own their bullshit and own their lies in the same way that Mary did in this episode because no housewife has ever done it. They always double down. She's meant to do it. I feel like she's one of these people that just, like, says stuff without really thinking it. But, like, it's it's really, like, honest, wholesome, like... like, Oh, uh, 100%. And I think that's kind of the mystery because she is a conundrum, an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a mystery. It was that you can't tell whether she meant to own it or whether she didn't. And I think we should really start breaking down some examples of this, like, very unusual behaviour. It's the behaviour we always want but we never get. So... Essentially, Andy just decides that he's going to dedicate what ended up being half of the show <laughs> to learning everything there is to know about Maryam Cosby, and he just started with the questions. 
So what's the deal with your odor glands? <laughs> I mean, so... <laughs> like I don't know I feel like she goes into like a lot of detail that we don't need to know either and I don't know why Heather was even brought into this conversation about it as well because it was a a product she could potentially market and sell at beauty lab but I don't think so but okay but um yes Mary M Cosby had this like odor gland removal and we learned it's about kind... the boils that she gets. So if she, when she's not getting, because of the odor glands, there is white blood cells, Patrizio, doing things that are then causing boils. It was a very fascinating explanation because she has like a hereditary condition. But the thing is, the odor glands had nothing to do with why she was able to smell hospital. And so I loved that Andy asked her, is one of the things about having this condition that you have a greater sense of smell. And she was like, no, the odor glands really, how they came into play is that they just remind her of being in the hospital. And I don't think she really articulated that. Uh, I thought that was like a whole really like messy, like discussion. Like I didn't make any sense. Like, yeah, like because you've had your odor glands removed, why can you still smell things? And it's like, well, she didn't have a sense of smell ripped out of her. Like she no. just had her sweat glands removed. Like It was um, an interesting discussion. But at the end of the day, we also find out that hospital smell, Jen had not even been at the hospital. That was like the best part I felt. Like th- this is like the part, this part of the reunion, like, it just put to bed so many questions that we had, so many, like, things. I mean, we didn't even need to know that Jen hadn't been to the hospital, but I'm glad that we knew she had never even been. Like, the whole hospital smell thing could have been avoided. Like, why did Mary smell hospital? Who smelled like hospital? That's the question. Who was it? Who did she smell? (laughs) What I love as well is that during this discussion, you know, then, then, you know, because, like, Jen has sort of had this opportunity to chime in, and Mary proceeds to give Jen a hundred apologies. And I loved the bit where Jen was still talking and Mary told Jen to basically stop talking. Like this conversation is over and that we need, she basically said we need to move on because Andy has a, a lot of cards that we need to get through. And when she said that, I was like, okay, producer Mary, like, to me, it was just brilliant. Like Andy looking down at his cards and then being like, you know what? I've kind of got to agree with her. I do have a lot of cards to get through. Oh my God. It was just Mary, Mary came in to her own during this part of the yes. reunion. I think this has just been one of the things we have constantly discussed this season. Like, where is Miriam Cosby missing in action on the milk carton? Where is she? And I think we had so many of these questions and we finally got to finally got to explore the character that she is because she is a character. She is definitely a character. I think it was really interesting that like, so this is, to me, this felt a lot like a 60 minutes investigative kind of situation. We found out where she gets, like we found out about her money. So she addressed the fact that, you know, she has the money that she has from, I guess, investments that she inherited. The other big controversy, obviously, around Mary is her marriage to a man who was married to her grandmother, who is effectively her step-grandfather. And we found out, you know, there's been this whole sort of thing where Mary herself insinuated on the show that it was in her grandmother's will for her to marry Robert Sr. And, you know, Andy straight up asks, was it in the will? And she says, no. Like there's the thing that I loved is that there was like, there was no but, there was not how, there was no howevers. It was just like, she said, no. No, there are no receipts. There are no, yes, there are no receipts because that was the question is, are there receipts? She says, no, there are no receipts. Um, Another thing for me, finding out that Mary was married previously Oh my what god. What the and, hell? 
I mean, and the way that she was like, you know, everyone in Utah gets married young. And I'm like, I don't believe that. She was 19 when she got married. Um, I thought it was also really interesting that she pointed out that her congregation at her church is not huge. Like it's a small congregation. So even if she was funneling money through the church, it's not enough money for her to live the life that she lives. And I think she pointed out the fact that you know, her husband, Robert Sr., their marriage isn't perfect. It's a marriage that works for them. There, there's no romance in it. And, you know, I just, you know, she, she's together because they're together because it works for them. He pays her in Chanel's, which came off really wrong. And it's that thing again of Mary just saying these things kind of in the plainest way and not articulating the nuance that kind of I think deserves to be behind it because she did get emotional during that part and start to cry. And I think there are so many things that we forget sometimes that we overlook is that Mary is a mother. She has a son. She will do anything to protect that son. She obviously hasn't come from, I think, you know, the best family life if she's ended up in this situation. So, you know, for her, this is something that works. Um, and I think that that's ultimately what she was trying to to get through about her marriage is it's not perfect, but it works. It was sad, though. It was a bit sad. I mean, I think it's normal. I think, like, 22 years of marriage, um, Robert Sr. is of a certain age now as well. Like, I don't know, Andy was, like, asking her quite personal questions, which I yeah. didn't think were appropriate. I didn't given... think they were appropriate either. No, given her place in the church, what a conservative woman she is. I mean, like, it's hard because I think on one side of it, you have to, like, be when you're on these shows, like, it does become, like, you know, everything is kind of, like, up for discussion in a way. Yeah. But, like, it just was, like, I think he was making her more uncomfortable um, than anything else. Um, but, you know, like, I didn't actually see any issue with how she came across in saying that, you know, Robert Sr. pays for her Chanel's. Like, I think the point that she was trying to make was that, you know, he financially looks after her um and that's how he shows her like that's an aspect of something that he likes to do for her to show her his love yeah like just like i think answered a lot of those questions about the money stuff like you know it's yes like, he's a saver he's got the, the well i guess like the family in a way has got like restaurants or had restaurants insurance companies yeah um and that also goes to sort of explain that leaked audio that came out during the season of Mary, who we all thought were talking about her congregation of giving her birthday money um, or not giving her enough money on her birthday or whatever it was, right? Um, but it was that discussion around, like, no, actually it was like, you know, the... I mean, I didn't fully understand the religious side of what she was talking about, but, like, you know, it's sort of like she was talking about the lesson that we learned through Jesus, not necessarily... Uh, you know, a link between the congregation being stingy with her. Yeah, it sounded to me like what she was trying to say is, and I know this sounds like where Mary apologises, and you know what, maybe we are, but I think what she was trying to say was that what we were hearing was an analogy, an analogy for her to explain, like, this story. I mean, do I still 100% believe that that's what it was? Maybe a little bit, but... um yeah, I, I think the fact that, like, even though this stuff exists out there in the universe, like, to me, none of it seems to have been able to be proven. So otherwise she still wouldn't be, she wouldn't be on the show if it was, like, she was, like, a super shysty person, I don't think. I mean, there is precedence that we don't always know everything that's going on, a la Erica and Tom. But, um, yeah, I, I just think there's obviously so much more to Mary and of course we had so many questions because everything about her was just surfaced over on the show and I think another really great like I think we also didn't realize just how much Mary stirred the pot in the show and then like ran away from the drama was the whole drama around whether or not Lisa and Meredith are scared of Jen. Mary, 
Mary put it out there. She said word for word that they were scared. And how did that go down, Patrizio? Well, I mean, this is just like another one of these unseen footage moments where I know we how see, much you love those. Uh, Mary, Mary just thought that Lisa and Meredith were afraid of Jane on this FaceTime call that she has. Like, there was never any any comment from Lisa or Meredith saying that they are scared of Jen. It was just Mary's interpretation of how she felt that they might be feeling. And I think this is one of the things that Lisa Barlow does not like is people telling her how she should feel about certain things, right? hundred um, percent. There's also the unforeseen, the unforeseen, unseen footage, which is the footage that I have been dying to see is the Heather and Lisa Barlow lunch post the prohibition party. We caught like two seconds of it um, originally in the season. And this time we see a conversation where Heather literally asks Lisa, are you scared of Jen? And Lisa Barlow says verbatim, I am not scared of Jen Shah. And this is way before Mary even uh, puts it out there in the universe. If we're, meant to believe the uh, chronology that they show us. So, like, this was a whole lie that didn't need to happen that, again, ended up causing one of the biggest blowouts of the season and ultimately something that has culminated in, you know, the dissolution almost of of Heather and and Jen's friendship. Um, You know, it's put Lisa in a position where she is furious and very angry um and it's it's been something again that is at the crux of of everything and mary just walks away she like just everything's exploding behind her and i think she just like walks away from it unscathed well i think there's something about her that it was you know what i really loved is (laughs) i don't know about you but normally on these shows, like, we've seen the women, like, they bicker each other. It's very rare that they give each other a moment to just talk. And this was something that has surprised me about Jen is, like, we've seen Jen be such a hothead um, on the show. But in the reunions, I think that Jen has been, like, so respectful. Meredith as well. Basically, um, everyone is so quiet. And when it came to Mary's section, like, everybody was listening. And I think the cast wanted to know this information just as much as we did. And it really showed that, like, aside from the relationship that she had previously with Jen prior to the show, nobody knows anything about Mary and everybody wanted to know everything. Like, I was, I could have seen Heather and Whitney sitting there eating popcorn while watching this exchange because you could hear a pin drop in those moments where, um, uh Mary wasn't talking to Andy everybody just listened and that was I thought like quite interesting for a reunion it's just something that we don't ever really see yeah like because no one knows who she is she was hardly on the show and Mary was just so raw honest and like Andy was willing to ask the questions that I think nobody else was probably comfortable asking yeah. Um, you know, for me, one of the like revelations that like I just wasn't even expecting out of Mary was like this whole like the the Charlinda deal, I wanna call it. Like yeah. the fact that like she pays for Charlinda and her mother's rent and in exchange they clean Mary's house. Now, I mean, like, I felt like that sounds, like, really, like, transactional. Like, it was sort of like, uh, I pay your rent so you clean my house. But it's like, are they just pay? She's, like, paying their wages and, like, so that they can, like, afford a place to live. Like, I don't know. It seemed a bit weird. But, like. I think um, this is another thing that Mary does that, like, makes me cringe. But at the same time, I'm also like, oh, I love this, is when she referred to their house as being little the way she spoke about their little house compared to you know how big her house is and that's why she needs the help that exchange it's so it shows me like how out of touch Mary is how just she doesn't think before she speaks how she sometimes says things so literally that like you have to appreciate the fact that like she's not lying 
Like she's actually being so honest. Like she's proving what we've always thought about people who live this sort of lifestyle that this is how they actually really are in real life. Like people who feel entitled or incredibly wealthy um, or people who, you know, stick to their own little circle. Like she obviously doesn't have a lot of friends. She keeps to herself. And I think she's, she's showing us exactly what we'd expect of somebody like that. And because of it, like it's impossible to hate her. Mm. Well, (laughs) I think there was one moment um, of Mary's revelations that I thought was super cringeworthy and I'm not too sure how I felt about it afterwards, but um, you know, the, this whole like comment about how Mary is afraid of um, afraid black of black men outside of Seven Elevens, and she tries to clear it up um, and, and makes it worse. Makes it a lot worse, and I think like I, I think like I I definitely agree with Meredith. I think that unfortunately Mary was misunderstood, and she was probably just trying to say sketchy people um but not great um can i just say something the way meredith came to back her up in that moment when she said that when she tried to because like that's something that you do for somebody who you genuinely like or you love or a friend like that. That's something I would do for you. And I would hope you would. And I really actually, I know you would do that for me or you would do it for other people. And I just want to say that that kind of caught me off guard because I think like Lisa kind of tries to do it as well. And I think what it showed me is that like, there is some feeling amongst these women that, Mary is kind of innocent like there's some sort of understanding that they have for Mary that they're willing to like excuse some of her behavior I don't know if that makes sense like she literally lied caused a huge controversy but unlike if that had been Jen or somebody else I don't know how to explain it it was just like one of those things where I was like but I feel like these women still genuinely like Mary I don't know if they feel sorry for her I don't know what it is but I was I just thought that that was like that moment from Meredith, she hadn't said anything else up until that point. And I was just like, people are just so nice to Mary. Well, Don't you think? She just must get away with a lot of stuff. Like we're, we, like I told you before, we're not Mary Cosby apologists, but are we? <laughs> and it is everyone. Um, yeah, and I, I think, think we this- all are. This definitely like plays into like this next part then because yes. then there's this like really uncomfortable discussion around whether Mary is racist <laughs> and then it kind of goes into Mary's preferences in men and that she prefers white men and that her husband well, is white. <laughs> well, what? And then Lisa says to her, I think Lisa says, again, being a Mary apologist, says, I think she means lighter. And again, Lisa, looking as a person of colorish as you are on that stage with your tan, and now you're talking, and now you're trying to infer some sort of colorism amongst black people and talking about lighter and darker sister you need to shut your mouth and say nothing because all you've done is make this situation so much worse um the internalized racism that mary cosby is expressing in this moment is a hundred percent real is a hundred percent you know i think it happens to a lot of um I think people who are marginalised or um, part of a minority who kind of live in situations where there aren't a lot of other black people, you know, in Salt Lake City that are living the way Mary is living. So she's probably lived 
most of her life around white people. I suspect the only time she's around black people is when she's with her family and when she's at her church. She probably went to, uh, you know, um, if her family had some money, she possibly went to, you know, an, a school where she was the only black girl, you know. And Mary herself is also, I guess she would be considered not super dark, um, again, and, and that's a whole other thing within the black community about colorism. Um, if you don't know about the brown paper bag test that existed, please Google that and um, learn a little bit about uh, how black people are treated based on uh, their proximity to a brown paper bag. Um, you know, I think what we saw there again it is real. It is, she's saying kind of what some people feel and she put it out there and it was uncomfortable. But I think that Jen did the right thing by calling this out. I think that Mary does have some internalised racism and I think it was really nice to see her realise that by the end of this discussion and while she did backtrack, I think what she ended up saying, which was that her husband is obviously not white, he is black, and that she loves all black people. I can't. This is kind of like, oh, my God, these reunions, people who call themselves black, people who are calling themselves white, I can't. Um, but, like, I think she did realise her faux pas and she corrected herself. And she's also going to have to deal with that now forever because it's out there in the universe. So I hope she gets an education. Yeah, I, I liked that Jen called her out on it. Um, but I think you, I agree with you. I think Mary has to go on a bit of self-discovery um, because mm. just like talking about having a preference at all is definitely troubling um i think it speaks to a lot of things that we see out in like the dating world as well um correct like yes i i also want to point out that it's something that heather did in the show as well and i was i thought while i was watching this video and i was like is heather suddenly going to talk about her preference but i think Heather learnt in the show from watching herself. I think she saw how she came across and I think she knew, she'd already learnt her lesson. And so she knew to say nothing during this moment. Uh, we all know she was busting at the seams to say, I have a preference too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but, Am I lying? You know, no. <laughs> what I thought was really sweet was when Jen did offer Mary a tissue halfway through one of her crying moments. Honey, Jen had been dying for that moment. Dying. Because they always have tissues behind them. They're always supplied with tissues. Jen had been wanting that moment so badly. Choreographed that moment. 100% choreographed. Uh, well, you know what, if that's, if that's the first step towards some sort of reconciliation, I'm like really like looking forward to seeing it. Um, I think like Mary apologized to Jen, like, you know, whether it was genuine or not, it's another story, but I think it's like a step in the right direction. Season two could be the Mary and Jen show. Like, you know what, here's the thing. I think it could be. But I think now that Mary knows about her popularity, I think Mary's going to become a monster next season. I mean, I'm okay with it, but I think we have created a tiny monster. Well, when I said the Mary and Jen show, I didn't. I, I know that implies like, you know, Thelma and Louise, a buddy comedy, but no. <laughs> <laughs> have them destroy each other, but actually be interacting with one another, unlike a scene. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, you, you brought up Heather, um, you know, <laughs> and her preferences, but, uh, you know, that sort of seemed to be one of the other big, um, you know, parts of this reunion um, is discussing Heather's journey in the show. 
um, you know, I think we learned some like really interesting things about her as well. Like the cousin connection with Whitney, like that they actually became friends and then found out they were cousins. Cause I feel like we kept going back to this thing of like, we're family. Like it was very like New Jersey, like we stick together, but it's like, oh, actually you didn't even know that you were cousins. So like, whatever, I'm sort of like not interested anymore. Um, Again, half-truths. That's what, if there's one way to describe the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, it, it was a season of half-truths. We just didn't get all the facts. Totally. Um, you know, I think I definitely understand how Heather is getting a lot of messages from support out in the community. People relate to her. I think, like, we have both sort of sat here and being like, we know we really are identify with her story we understand we have a lot of empathy for her um you know despite like the mormon thing as well like i think i really liked how she said that you know she didn't think that people were gonna identify with her story because she was mormon um but i think you know it's just one of those things where she's just like a regular woman just trying to like you know be a single mom and run a business and that stuff sort of like transcends religious belief or you know, whatever else it happens to be, right? Um, I did like how Lisa had to butt in, though, and also be like, well, actually, also, like, the LGBTIQA plus community has also reached out to me and said that they wish that they could be Mormons, like, I am drinking cocktails and all the rest of it. I was like, Lisa, this is not your moment. Like, sit back down. Well, I think she was trying to say, we, she said, we have the same fans. Like she was trying to say, I too have Mormon 2.0 fans. Which, I, you know, I know. I thought it was interesting. I like that she had to say it because that's the other thing. I feel like it was like interesting to see that she wanted to make that connection with Heather, but she also, I feel like, is one of those people that's like, we are not that same person. Like, we are nothing like each other. Like, I hate you. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that's something like when we talk about like, I I guess, I mean, we can get into it now, but talking more about this tension between Heather and Lisa, it's just because it's pure tension. It's not logic anymore. At this point, like on the show, I felt that I understood it because there was this story behind it. And I felt that I was really buying into the story behind it because the story was essentially being narrated by Heather. And like you've said, we are all on Heather's team. We want to see her win. And for me, I think aside from the Mary revelations, the other revelation for me has definitely been Lisa and Lisa providing another side to the story. At this point, I don't actually care what the truth is mm-hmm. because I feel like they're both so fixated on their own stories and I must say that there is part of me that doesn't fully believe some of what Heather is telling me but what I do believe is that Heather believes herself the narrative that she's created and that for whatever reason she just can't get past this narrative like I actually really have seen Heather in this episode not be able to get out of her own way and the thing about Lisa is Lisa is Her anger is coming from a place of frustration. And um, I know we really wanted to kind of get into this, but when I saw, I just to bring it back to to this part of Heather's discussion, when I saw Lisa make that comparison that they have the same fans, I saw that as, I mean, yeah, part of me was quite cynical and was like, oh, Lisa, you know, you're trying to capitalise a little bit off the the stroke of um you know shine so to speak that heather has garnered from this show because she's probably garnered the most shine than anybody else and i think you assumed you would get some you would be that person but at the same time i i also do think it was totally genuine and she was trying to say like we don't need to let whatever this thing is define our friendship we can move forward because people respect us in the same way. Can't you see that I'm not like this evil person that you've made me out to be in your head? Like the people who like you, they like me too. So surely I'm not that horrible. 
look, that was just my takeaway. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing your face. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I hear you. I like. I hope. I don't know. Like Lisa to me has just been too. She's been too much. I just can't can't cope. And I don't think I'm fully team Heather either. Like I don't think I've not. I'm not as into her as what you are. But. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about how Lisa snapped in this, like, reunion that I'm just a bit like, act a fool girl. Is she doing, yeah, is she doing too much? I, I 100% agree she's doing too much. But what I'm seeing is that I suspect, like, I suspect that she has been vilified in a way that she is not used to it. I think that's that's the other thing is, like, the way you were before you were on a reality show and then the way you and then and then people see you on a reality show and they take away a certain perception of you and i think for heather what's happened is heather has i guess heather has been so down on herself and she's so hated who she is and she's received the complete opposite after being this show she, everybody loves her everybody wants her to love herself right Whereas you have somebody like Lisa, who was the complete opposite, absolutely loves herself. And I want to say that I don't hate how Lisa loves herself. I love people who can love themselves the way Lisa loves herself. Um, You know, has absolutely loved herself, has absolutely just been about herself and so proud of everything that she's done. And now the perception people have, have, have taken away of her on the show is that she's like, selfish and she's not a great mother she abandons her kids and that she only thinks about her career and all of these things and that can you see like they're complete the opposite of each other and then they've also had they've been on this show and then they've had this opposite effect and Lisa now I feel is very much in like she's trying to protect her reputation she's trying to change the narrative and set the story straight because I don't think she realised, like, how you play the reality game. I don't think she realised it. And I and in the same way, and I don't think she realised that it was a game that you had to play. Whereas, like, Jen, for instance, she had the playbook and didn't play it well. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think for me, one of the things was... Again, it's, like, this thing of, like, unseen footage slash, like, giving me context and a little bit of, like, I guess this is, like, breaking the fourth wall as well. Um, But this discussion, which started out as sort of being, like, this whole, like, Heather and Lisa, they don't know each other. Like, Lisa didn't know Heather, right? She, they weren't friends. She had heard about her, but, like, they didn't know her, right? Um. But then it. Oh yeah, I know what you're gonna say. But then it comes out that like they had initially met in 2017 in January, and that Lisa actually suggested to bring Heather onto the show, right? And I think that point that forms so much of this feud, right? Yep. Because it's like Lisa brought Heather on because she thought she would be good TV. She wasn't wrong. But what happened was, well, Lisa has had, I think, a very difficult time perhaps with the fandom and, you know, being misunderstood as a mother or as a businesswoman or whatever it happens to be. Heather, on the other hand, has been, like, loved by the fans. She has, like, she is, she's the one sitting next to Andy. You know what I mean? Lisa is, like, stuck in the middle over there. So I, I think that alone explains why she is so upset with Heather. I think, like, it informs the feud, right? I think it informs the feud. But for me, I think it also kind of informs the storyline that Heather was also pushing for. I think I think you're right that Lisa probably thought Heather would be good to bring on. But we see in those early scenes that the way Lisa does speak about Heather is kind of like, oh, yeah, Heather's going to be a good adversary for me as well. And I think Heather perhaps assumed that Lisa had brought her on so that they could, like, try and rekindle this friendship and have it come from somewhere else. 
And I mean, yeah, talk about like revelations. When you find out that, that that's how Heather made the show, I think, I think also knowing that Lisa was somebody who had enough power initially to be making recommendations about cast speaks to me like Lisa perhaps assumed that she would get like this really great edit. And I think that this there's this, it's a complacency and I'm going to be really honest. I, I compare it to um, Bethany's last season on, on house on New York housewives where she didn't get the, the greatest edit in terms of her conflicts with uh, her best friend. It's that thing where sometimes if you get, uh, uh, but the thing for me about Lisa, it's like you haven't been on the show long enough to be this complacent. And I think Lisa, while they were filming, was complacent, wasn't keeping track of what the, the engagements were and what the storylines were. And, and I think this also speaks to why there's footage that we don't see because the footage that we see isn't, that, that we miss, isn't driving the narratives that we're familiar with, right? And um, I think, you know, someone like Heather picked up really easily, like, I know what story I want to tell. Um, I think Jen also knew what story she wanted to tell or the stories she wanted to tell. They just backfired on her. I think Whitney um, 100% knew the story that she wanted to tell. It was the story of like, you know, we start with her her vow renewal. She wants to share that her relationship is great. We all, She also wants to share this situation with her dad. You know, I think Meredith wanted to tell the story about a husband and wife who are separated and it's really hard, but they eventually will get back together. You know, I think everybody, I mean, and then there's just Mary <laughs> who phoned it in, but still managed somehow to kill it. And I think everybody was on top of what they were doing and I'm gonna be really honest Lisa was not she was not on top of her story which is why she really actually her one storyline in in the show ends up and I think they end up making it that ends up being that oh you need to perhaps make it about work-life balance but we don't see it until the last like three or four episodes of the season because I don't think she had really figured out what her story was that she was going to tell. And I do think that Lisa is now trying to rewrite the narrative or course correct what we, what we were shown. Um, And yeah, I think she's learned her lesson. Look, I think I, agreed with uh i agree with heather that the more that lisa talks the more she crucifies herself i think (laughs) she definitely seemed to be going for the most buoyant thing in the room and i think um lisa thought that jen was obviously good tv and it was important to be aligned with her um and i agree with you you. know i i I, it took me a bit of time to understand this concept that, like, um, Heather was bringing up that, you know, was Lisa picking Jen over Meredith, right? Because Heather keeps being like, well, if Meredith's your best friend, why do you keep treating her like shit? And I, like, I couldn't really understand, like, you know, what, like, what that was. But then I sort of, like, when I watched it the second time, it was like this idea of, like, Lisa is trying to trade up, right? She's going for Jen because she's buoyant, because Jen brings the drama. She is obviously, like, she thought that Jen was going to be the whole show, right? And that by Lisa aligning herself with with what Heather calls the nexus of lies, <laughs> she is Iconic. doing Meredith dirty, um, you know? Because, like, you know, all right, like, if, if you want to support your friend like yeah you don't talk about their marriage or when somebody talks about their marriage you defend them um in front of other people but then to become besties with the person that is like you know perpetuating the drama yeah you know that's that speaks volumes i think the other thing for me that like lisa showed her ass and kind of you're absolutely right validates what heather is saying is all the branding that uh, Lisa created the referring to, is it Jaleesa 
which was essentially meant to be this grouping of uh, Jen and Lisa as like a power couple versus weather, which is Whitney and Heather, which I'm obsessed with. And I, thinking back to that, it, it speaks to me like, you know, Lisa had definitely created like combos that she wanted to to kind of fight with the fact that she she's grouped people this way just yeah I think you're absolutely right and I and I see now more where Heather is coming from I you know what I thought this was like a very like Nini-esque like prepare the reads before you come to the reunion it was this whole like Whitney Heather bad weather tornado blah 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 like it was like okay like you're not making this up on the spot like I could tell you've been rehearsing that line like on the drive to the reunion like while you've been getting ready like I just like you can tell and then like the whole like roll the footage roll footage like it was just like I I think she was prepared with these lines you know I agree with you, but I think the role footage thing for me is also starting to make a lot more sense because in her mind, while they're filming, she already thinks she knows how it's going to be edited. Then to watch the show and to see all the things that I think potentially would have shown her in a better light, not being on, like not being aired, I think she is pissed. And that's why she's saying roll the footage because she's like, I know this was filmed. I know I did this thing. And then they they left it out. Um, the other thing is that so much of the drama that we get, like the second half of the drama that we get in this episode occurs during the break. Oh, yeah. This is stuff that is, it's not even stuff that was, and I think this explains why it's a three-part reunion potentially was meant to be a two-part reunion but then all this drama that was an ep- like an episode's worth of drama happens within their lunch break and it can't not be aired and the thing that I love is you know it has to be aired because it's a break but there are people like Andy's still sticking around to watch it because he's he's like he wants to know what's going to happen he knows, you know, if Andy stays, he's like telling them this is going to be good. We're not, we're, we're not editing this out. Um, yeah. I mean, like Lisa like storms off at the end. The big question in the next part is like, is she coming back to the stage? She's out going to hug her husband because she needs some positive energy and she's gone to complain to the producer about like you know all the drama that's going down I don't know I think she's definitely doing way too much she's doing way too much but I think again it's she's used to being in control and she this she's totally not in control about this and I think she thought she would have more control and it's you know what never underestimate reality tv like don't think don't ever think you are going to be smarter than a reality show when you go on it don't because you're going to come off looking like an idiot um but I do think what I loved during this break is Lisa essentially and the 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 visual of this I loved as well because it's Lisa sitting down on the stage looking up at Meredith and essentially, you know, begging Meredith to 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 let Whitney know that she hasn't been a bad friend. And, of course, Meredith looking down on her says, no, you haven't been a bad friend. Like this is when I like Meredith's like super nonchalance, cool attitude. And she just says, this is basically what I've been trying to tell you is that you say things and the way you communicate, she doesn't understand it and she says things to you and you don't understand it. The two of you are just basically not understanding each other and not listening to each other and you both need to, that was just my dog, and you both just need to calm the F down. And then she walks off and I was like, I understand now what Meredith is here for. You know what, my advice to Lisa um, for, you know, if she comes back for another season is definitely to um, purchase a share of the production company because that's the only way she's going to get the quick (laughs) edit if that's what she wants. She's. I'm going to tell you right now, you can be an executive producer 
and still gets a bad edit. If you still have not watched... <laughs> oh, okay. I'm having a little fight here with my dog. If you still not watched um, Married to Medicine Atlanta, you should definitely find it and watch it because it is a lesson in people thinking they have control over the edits because they are a producer and because they put the cast together and then realising that they don't. (sighs) Wow. So, you know, is Lisa coming back after the break? Of course she is. Of course she is. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Of course, I, I definitely think that she is coming back because she can't afford not to. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think for me, this, this, this episode of Revelations was just amazing in what we learned about Miriam Cosby. And I think like, you're right. I think I need to go back and rewatch it again, but not just that it was, I think huge revelations for me as well in the dynamic between um, Lisa and Heather and why it exists the way it is. And just a revelations for me that Lisa, you know, the, the real reason Lisa is acting out is because she is unhappy that she really doesn't have control over the situation and things did not work out the way she thought they would. Uh, what revelations did you have, Patrizio? I mean, look, like the whole Mary M. Cosby arc in this episode, like there was just, it, it was actually like too much. Like I'm like still just like, give me the actual 60 minutes, like investigative, like report on her. That's what I need right now. I need everything from her. I don't know. But I, at the same time, I feel like Mary could be a one hit wonder. Like this is like, she, I, I she agree should just you. leave now. Like she has like she's entered the canon like she is iconic for so many reasons like leave on a high you know what i mean i think so too i think she should kind of leave on a high like i said i think if we do see her in season two we're going to get a monster oh and i'm here for it i'm so excited for the final part of this reunion I can't believe we've got three for like a pilot premiere season. I don't know what you call it. Inaugural, an inaugural season. Um, These are unprecedented times, Patrizio. So it makes sense that we would get three, three episodes. Really are. Um, As usual, rate, review, subscribe. We are only taking five snowflakes, nothing less. Um, hit us up on Instagram at the lower level pod. Until next See you time. Next-